Hey, thanks so much for being here today. Uh, so glad you are. It's great to see some of you who have been sick back, and uh, I know there's more sick today. How terrible this flu season has been, but uh, let's continue to pray for each other. If you would, in your bulletin, you'll find a study guide if you'll reach in and take that out and also grab a pen and a clipboard from the book rack in front of you. While you're doing that, since our youth are back with us today, last Sunday they were going to Super Awesome Weekend, let me say again how much I appreciate Youth Sunday. I have heard so many incredible comments of just your maturity and the way you handled things, and I appreciate it so much. I... I said it before, but let me say it again. The future at Mile Strait is very bright because God is training and equipping another generation to come in and take leadership of our church. And that, uh, for me as pastor, is so exciting to see. Thank you so much for using your gifts and your abilities for God on Youth Sunday and other times as well. Well, today we're going to be digging into uh, almost a follow-up from last week. Now, last Sunday we were talking about the blessings of God and how God has worked so amazingly in the lives of those who walk uprightly. Now remember there was a stipulation on this particular blessing that we were studying. I'm not going to go into it. I don't have time. You can go back and watch the video from last week. I wish you would if you, didn't, if you weren't here to see it. But that particular blessing applied to those who walked uprightly, those who walked according to the will of God. Today we're going to see our response to those blessings. Okay, so God lays it out very clearly for us. There is an obligation to the blessings that God gives us. We're going to see that obligation. But it goes beyond an obligation. It goes to a joyous occasion for us. It goes to something that just wants to erupt from us because of what God has done in our lives. Once again, it's very specific what we're dealing with today. We're not dealing with everyone. We're not dealing, in fact, with every Christian. But we're dealing with those who are allowing God to direct and lead their lives. We're dealing with those who are walking uprightly. Okay, so that's very important to understand. Now, as we move through our study, we're going to see two things that I want you to pay careful attention to. One we'll point out on the way, the other we'll deal with when we get to the end of our study in about 13 or 14 minutes. Okay, so number one, you're going to see that there's an escalation in this joyous obligation that God gives us, we're going to see that there's an escalation. That this escalation comes as we've been born in the family of God. It comes as we grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. God continues to up the ante. And in fact, it's something that we're ready for. It's something we're prepared for because of the walk we have with God already. And so God is equipping us for that particular thing. You're going to see this escalation as we move through our study. The second thing, we're going to see in this particular passage a model of discipleship. Now you're not going to... I shouldn't say that. You may not recognize it right off the bat, but I want you to dig deep into your thoughts and see what's taking place to understand that there is in fact a model of true discipleship spelled out in our passage today. 
Now that's very important as we go through this first quarter's Mission Emphasis Sunday. It's very important that we understand the concept of discipleship because that's the way God has led us as a church to bring glory to His name. That we are going to make disciples both here and around the world, disciples of Jesus Christ, therefore bringing glory to God, therefore fulfilling our purpose as a church. It's important then that we see this model, we capture an understanding of what this model was all about, and then we live it out in our lives. Okay, so watch carefully. If you've got your study guide out or your Bible open, follow along with me in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 23 and 24, where it says this, Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim the good news of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His wonders among all people. So number one, if you're ready to write, get ready to jot this down. The first part of this joyous obligation is that we sing or make a joyful noise to the Lord. We sing or make a joyful noise to the Lord, number one. What this is all about is making a joyful noise. We did that a little while ago through our singing, through, through our, our congregational musical time. As we listened to others, it compelled us to join in in making a joyful noise to the Lord. Please understand that this particular concept that is given to us in the Word of God is not specific to those who have good voices. It is specific to everyone who is a child of God that we can make a joyful noise. It doesn't say a beautiful noise, but we can make a joyful noise to the Lord. And so we have an obligation. It's an obligation based upon what God is doing in our lives. As we watch God at work, as we watch God bringing about His mercies over our life, as we see what God is doing, what He has done in the past, what He is doing right now, and we look forward to what He's going to do in the future, it ought to compel us. There ought to be a bubbling up in our soul that is so fierce that if we try to keep it inside, we're just going to explode. And so we have to open our mouths and we have to let this joyous melody to God flow out, singing to the Lord. What we're saying when we do this is we're saying, I get it. I understand now. I recognize what God is up to. Now, I don't know it all. Man, I, I don't know that I could contain myself if I knew it all. But as I see what God is up to in my life, the blessings He is bestowing upon His children, the blessings He is bestowing upon our church, as we watch what God does, it ought to compel us. These new mercies, these new blessings ought to compel us even more to sing to the Lord. So he gives us the obligation. But understand that this obligation now escalates. Because he says, number one, sing to the Lord. But number two, he says, I want you to proclaim his salvation. Proclaim or announce his salvation. He says in the passage, proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. I can remember sitting in school and a my memory serves me well, which it usually doesn't. But if it serves me well, I can remember sitting in high school specifically. 
And uh, hearing the little box up in the corner of the, of the room begin to squeak and to make scratchy sounds. And all of a sudden someone would start speaking. And what they were doing was they were sharing with us the announcements either of the day or the week. And I don't remember how frequently they did that. The determination for me was, you know what? They want me to be informed. They want me to know what's going on. It was really important. Did you know the same is true for us? That God has given us an obligation. Something that ought to joyfully erupt from our being to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ and His salvation. Now, I know when this passage was being written, it was being written under a different set of circumstances. That the children of Israel were looking back upon God's salvation of the, of the nation of Israel. How he delivered them from the hand of the Egyptians. Delivered them from slavery. And they were to continually tell people about this process so that they would not forget. And when new people came in, they were to tell them so that, so that they would have an understanding of the salvation of God. For us, the process is a little different because we're not looking back to the time when God delivered us from slavery. But what we're looking back to is a time when God delivered us from sin. When God set us free from the grip that it had on our lives. When God moved us from death unto life. When God gave us eternal life and delivered us from, from the wrath of God which is to come. And we are to tell people about the salvation of Almighty God. We have experienced the blessings of God's salvation. We have experienced the joy of knowing that we've been forgiven. That we have a home in heaven with Jesus Christ when we leave this life and step into the next. We have the joy of knowing that we will not be eternally separated from God in the lake of fire. We have the joy of knowing that we get to walk with God. That we get to talk with God. We have this joy inside of us that should not be contained but should be shared with other people and in fact he's very specific in what he's telling us to do because he says it's not once and done okay I got saved I told some people about it okay I've got that part taken care of that's wiped out I don't have to worry about that one anymore I'm marking it off the list no but in fact he says that we are to share it from day to day to day today. I don't think this means to share it in an aggressive, in your, in your face, confrontational type way. But I think with the same joy that we sing to the Lord, we are also to share the salvation of Almighty God with those who are around us. We have a responsibility we send our missionaries around the world and we say we want you to go and tell people about God's salvation. And when they come to know Christ, we want you to lead them in discipleship and help them grow. We expect them to do that there. We expect that the Hetzel family, who has so brilliantly shared through video and word and song how they're doing ministry. What an incredible example it is to us. But how hypocritical it would be for us to say, now you go do that there, but we're not going to do that here. But the reality is, most of us are probably not doing that here. Now let's just let that sink in a minute. Because this isn't a, well, if you want to, do it. If you don't, it's okay. No, this is an obligation. 
an obligation to tell people about the salvation of Almighty God. So he says, sing to the Lord, proclaim His salvation. And then number three, look at how it escalates once again. He says, declare or state emphatically His glory and His wonders. Declare it. State it emphatically. Listen to what the verse says. Declare His glory among the nations, His wonders among the people. What does it mean to declare or state emphatically God's glory? To talk about God's glory means that we are talking about the value of God to us. You know, I get so concerned with people who call themselves Christians who say they're sharing the value of God with a condemning, hateful attitude. And one of the things that I think we miss sometimes is this this aspect that begins in the first part of the verse, but I believe continues throughout, where he says, make a joyful noise, sing to the Lord. This expression of love and appreciation to Almighty God is to flow through our lips. And I think there are some people who call themselves Christians who believe that wholeheartedly, that they're to sing to the Lord, but they're to yell at everybody else. How horrible. I think the same joy with which we sing to the Lord ought to be expressed in the, the announcement of God's salvation. And it ought to be expressed in the proclamation of His glory and His wonders. I mean, what more do we have to be joyful about and excited about than, than what God is doing for us through salvation and what He's doing for us through the wonders and glory of Almighty God? Why can't we be excited about that? Why do we have to look like we've been beaten up and forced into it? And this is something to be joyful about. He says, proclaim the glory of God. Proclaim His value. It's just simply telling people how valuable God is to me. Look at what He's doing in my life. I'm going to share that with you now. But then it also says, proclaim or state emphatically about his wonders. Wonders of God. The wonder of creation. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. We know that Jesus stepped out on the edge of nothing and spoke the worlds into existence. You're talking about a wonder. Man, that can mess your mind up if you want to spend enough time thinking about it. How in the world... Can that happen? Only God. You talk about an incredible wonder, just think about how much God loves you. That God would love you so much that He would put His Son on a cross so that you might be forgiven. Oh my goodness. What a wonder. What a mystery. And so we are given this joyful obligation to respond to the blessings of God. That we are to sing to the Lord. That we are to proclaim His salvation. And we are to declare His glory and His wonder. Now I mentioned as we started that 
you could see the concept and the model for discipleship spelled out in this. Maybe you saw it, maybe you didn't. But just think with me. What we're showing when we're singing to the Lord is that God is real to me. He is growing me. He's developing me. My relationship is developing with Jesus Christ. And that's a very important beginning step for discipleship, isn't it? That I myself am growing. That I'm developing. That I'm getting the relationship. From there then, because of what God has done for me, because of what I've experienced, then I want to share the salvation that God has blessed me with with other people. I want to tell them about it. How important it is in this discipleship process that we tell people about Jesus Christ. That we tell them about His act of kindness and mercy on us on the cross of Calvary. And that then, from there, once we've announced that salvation plan, there will be those who come to know Christ as Savior, that we then begin to, to state emphatically the wonders and the glory of God. Why? Because we want them to get it also. We want them to come along with us. We want them to grow with us. And so we've expressed it through our singing. We've expressed it through our blessings and now we share it with people who will come along to once again get it so that then they enter into the process of singing, of promoting, of announcing, and declaring for themselves. The Bible says, teach faithful men who will teach others. So very clearly, God lays out for us a model of discipleship. You may say, okay, well, what do we do with such information? Well, in my way of thinking, for those of us who are part of the family of God, that we examine if we are involved in engaging all three stages of this obligation. Do I make a joyful noise to the Lord, or am I, uh, am I not going to sing... And make a noise if my head's on fire. <laughs> you, you don't have to be the most, uh, the loudest person in the room. You can be. I'm, I'm probably not the loudest person. And with this mic it helps me. I can get louder than most of you. But my, my worship experience, my singing to God maybe is a little more contained than some. Because it's just my personality. I think God wants us to sing to Him based upon how He created us. I think it would be very boring. And Carrie, please excuse me, but Carrie is demonstrative in her Singing. She and David fit perfectly on that side of the stage together. Because they're very charismatic and outgoing in, in their worship. I, on the other hand, you barely see me move. You have to look to make sure I'm breathing. Jason said that 
He wondered if we were all breathing. Sometimes people wonder because I'm just that type of a person. How boring I think it would be for God if everybody worshipped the way I do. Or on the other hand, if everybody worshipped the way they do. I think God created us with our own personalities for a reason. So that we worship Him accordingly. And so... For those of us who are part of the family of God, we examine this. Am I singing to the Lord? Am I sharing my faith on a day-to-day basis? And am I declaring the goodness of God, His glories and His wonders? To those who may not know, and to those who need to grow and hear the message. If the answer is no to any aspect of that, then the obvious conclusion of what we do with this information is, God, I'm sorry. Man, there's my obligation. It's pretty clear, and yet, I've failed. I'm sorry. For those of us who may not know Christ, you may not be part of the family of God. And I hope somehow that you've come to understand your need of a Savior today. And that in, the, in the, just a moment when I ask you to stand, the music starts playing, I, I open an invitation for you to come. My prayer is if you don't know Christ as your Savior, that you would just make your way to the aisle that's closest to you and just come and meet me right here. What can you expect to happen? I'm not going to call out your name. I'm not going to point you out or try to embarrass you. I know that's going to be done as you walk down the aisle. I know that's hard. What I will do is have someone who's trained in God's Word show you how you can know Jesus Christ as your Savior. They'll explain to you the way of salvation. If you'd like to know that, then can I invite you in just a few minutes just to move and come and meet me here and we'll start the process. That's what I hope we do with this information today. So then the question for you is, will you respond to that message?